So we're all fans of Millie Bobby Brown, right? Sure. Yes. She's 11, right? From Stranger yeah, Things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. She's she's actually 14, but she's 11. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I watched the the new trailer for King of Monsters or Godzilla King of Monsters. Uh-huh. And the beginning is her like the beginning of the trailer is just her. I forgot she was and in that. Yeah, I did too. I forgot that was even a movie, to tell you the truth. Yeah. <laughs> like, looking at it, it's her, and it's, like, I don't see her as a different character. I just see her as Eleven, mm-hmm. because she's making, like, she Eleven has a face. Like, she's right. making the Eleven, I'm freaked out face. Yeah. And it dawned on me, I'm waiting for her to do something that's not sci-fi, that's not uh-huh. um, Stranger Things. I'm trying to think of, like... When you see Peter Dinklage in something that's not Game of Thrones or not Marvel, it's like I'm waiting for the clarification, like, can Millie Bobby Brown act outside of sci-fi things? Does that make sense? Right, right. Put her in a romantic comedy. Well, not that. I'm thinking, like, the the first time you see uh, Hugh Jackman as not Wolverine, Mm -hmm. Uh like, like, can he act, you know? Right. I'm just waiting for Millie. Yeah, maybe put her in a romantic comedy. Well, yeah. not a romantic comedy because they tried to do that with Chloe Grace Moretz in uh, movie 43. But movie movie 43 is just a bad movie. Yeah, so, so put her in a good one. <laughs> and I I don't want her to do like a YA. What is it? Faults in Our Stars. If I Stay. Paper Towns. Yeah. Kind of bullshit. Love Simon, I but won't... she's a lesbian. <laughs> I think I'd be down for that. But yeah. I feel like Love, Simon kind of covered all the ground that needed to be covered there. Yeah. I don't know. But a Love, lesbian, Simon was kind of long, A lesbian too. that doesn't care. A lesbian that's like, yeah, I'm a fucking lesbian. <laughs> and then the movie's only 30 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> it's, then it's not a movie. Then it's like a... Short film. Episode of... Yeah, then it's a short film. It's an episode of Stranger Things. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know. That's just something I was thinking of. Well, because mm-hmm. like I I like Millie Millie Bobby Brown, and then I'm like, mm, do I? I think I like Stranger Things, right? And she's good in that. Because mm-hmm. like I don't like Jennifer Lawrence, but I like things that she's in. Mm-hmm. As I'm looking at the the soundtrack for Passengers. Ah, yes. Thomas Newman. Of course, of course, I have to have it. Yes, of course. Welcome back to Disney Versus, where we dress in drag and do the hula. Yes, we do. <laughs> You're not wrong. I think we've already done that one. Shit. I couldn't think of another one. Oh, I got it. I got it. Welcome to Disney Versus, where we remember who we are. That one's pretty good, too. Uh, I like the other one better. But you have to do it with the voice. Grace, you do it with the voice. Yours is better. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it with all that. I'll talk about it later. Like, my voice is too... I don't have any gravel in my voice. Like, there's no depth to my voice. It's just too... It can be low, but it's just smooth. There's no There's no depth to it. Anyway, you can fake it. smooth but no doubt. You just gotta like <laughs> while you talk. <laughs> anyway, if you're new to the show, 
welcome. This is what you're in for. What we've done to this, sh- what we've, blah, blah, blah. what we do on this show is we've taken 64 Disney and Pixar movies, we've ranked them in a March Madness style bracket, and we talk about and eliminate them until we have a true winner. We are finally at the end of round three. This is our last matchup of, I forget how tournament words work, so this is round three. We are about to be down to eight, and then we'll be up to, we'll go on to what the quarterfinals words. Mm-hmm. Uh, how have you guys been? It's been a minute. Good. I've been all right. Good. Last time they heard my voice was a couple weeks ago when I spoke about uh, my thoughts on Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Ralph Breaks the Internet. But they haven't heard you guys in a minute. One whole minute. Um, I went to Texas. I got to see Tori. We did not record. Did some fun North Texas things, including Chicken Express. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That whole thing that I put on Facebook was very entertaining, though. I had to unsubscribe from that feed. I was getting so heated. (laughs) (laughs) Chicken Express versus Canes. Tell us what you think in the comments. Oh my gosh. If you live in a state where there isn't Canes or Chicken Express, God bless you. I I read, I like read the post and I like could feel myself getting read. I was like, all of these people are going to be wrong. I know how this is going to go down. (laughs) I triggered Grace. Oh my God. I triggered her. Is that what gaslighting means? (laughs) (laughs) Did did I gaslight Grace? Uh. (laughs) Oh, shoot. Well, uh, Back to Disney. Uh, there's a lot of news that has taken place. I think we should do this kind of uh, minor mutation style for those of you who listen to Collider. There are a lot of big big things that I want to mention, and then there are a little small things that we can just comment about. The biggest big thing is that Annie Award nominations have been released. Annie Awards and Golden Globes. So for the Golden Globes, for Best Animated Feature... Incredibles 2 and Ralph Breaks the Internet were both nominated for Best Animated Feature. At the, at the Annie Awards, they were both nominated for the following categories. They were both nominated for Best Animated Feature, Best Director for Brad Bird, and then for Rich Moore and Phil Johnston. Best Animated Effects, Character Animation, Character Design, Music, Voice Acting for Holly Hunter in The Incredibles 2, Sarah yep. Silverman in Ralph Breaks the Internet. Writing and storyboarding, Incredibles 2 was also nominated for Best Editorial for an animated feature. Um, Some minor things, uh, Christopher Robin was nominated for Best Character Animation in a live action production. I didn't even realize that was a category. Right. The Annie Awards is is predominantly a animated feature uh, award circuit. Uh-huh. But they do, if there's animation in a live action film, they do give out awards for that, too. And then Mary Poppins Returns was nominated for uh, Outstanding Animated Special Production. And then uh, Character Animation, Character Design, Production Design, and Storyboarding. Like, it's competing against Incredibles 2 and Ralph Breaks the Internet. Mm. So I didn't realize that. That, that that's out already. No, it or comes just out nominated beforehand. Yeah, it's uh, nominated okay. beforehand because people have seen it. Like it's been screened for, uh, like, people who've written these types of things. Yes. Mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like it's Helter Skelter for whichever one of these. Or, or, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is just going to sweep everything. Yeah. It's all very up there. I don't know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, The other big thing is Disney's streaming service, Disney Plus. We got a lot of information on what that's going to be like. The subscription for the service will range between $8 and $14, which isn't that bad. That's not, yeah, that's really not. Each brand will have, each Disney brand will have its own interface or zone on the site. So Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, Nat Geo, and then Disney itself will have, will all have their own zone. So I think that's pretty cool. It'll be mm-hmm. easy to differentiate between, ah, I just want to watch Marvel movies today. Right. I don't have to go searching through all the entire platform to find just Marvel movies. Yeah, sounds very user-friendly. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how it's actually, then, like, you know, done. <laughs> it sounds user-friendly, but it could be completely not user-friendly. We'll see the application it's later. 8 to 14 a month? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, it's it's similar to... You know, Hulu and Netflix and Amazon oh. Prime, I suppose. I don't know what Amazon Way Prime more is. limited. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I think... With Amazon Prime, you get free two-day shipping. In addition to all the streaming stuff? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How much is Amazon Prime? I don't know. Oh. I feel like it's like... I feel like it's 15 but do not quote me on that. <laughs> okay. I think it's an annual subscription, though. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so it might be like 50 for the year or something. Let's look. I know they do specials. I know they also have a student discount. Not that any of us are students anymore. We could try to fake it, right? <laughs> they wouldn't find us. Um, trying to go back to school, so maybe. It's through your uh, your school email usually. Pope. Mm. But like with the DC All Access streaming service, you have the monthly subscription or you can pay for a whole year. And usually mm. like paying for a year is less than paying for 12 single months yeah that's how it is for like xbox live and stuff too you can either pay like 50 or 60 for the whole year or like 10 dollars a month or something so and i'm excited especially because two things that caught my eye on the stuff that they were highlighting that are definitely coming soon to the streaming site Mm -hmm. is the mighty ducks live action tv series oh my gosh Huh. Based on the popular movie trilogy about hockey, hockey playing youths, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then also there's going to be a Monsters Inc. TV series. So sorry, Grace, no more monster movies. Hey, but you get oh. you get a TV show, so that's pretty cool. No, maybe it'll be good. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll get to go like more in depth with things. Yeah, yeah. all the time. You have to. You'll be able to see like a day in the life outside of the factory because. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was all about... Both movies were pretty much all about scaring. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'd love to see what else there is. Like, what would a monster symphony look like? <laughs> Huge. Outdoor amphitheaters. Yeah. <laughs> Shaped like monster mouths. Oh yeah. my gosh, that'd be perfect. Yes. Uh, a Cruella movie is happening. Yeah. Yes. Focusing on Cruella DeVille, starring Emma Stone and... Uh, Directed by Craig Gillespie, mm. who directed I, Tanya, mm-hmm. And then uh, Pixar, like a couple of days ago, uh, I think it was Monday, announced that their next movie, their next original movie and their next movie after Toy Story 4 is going to be called Onward, featuring the voices of Chris Pratt, 
uh, from Guardians of the Galaxy and Jurassic World. Tom Holland, who is currently Spider-Man in the yes. MCU. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Julia Louis-Dreyfus from Veep. And what was her other show? Weeds? No, she wasn't in Weeds. Okay, well, she's in, she's in Veep. And Octavia Spencer, who was in The Shape of Water and uh, what else? The Help. The Help. She was in, what's it called? I just had it. She wasn't in Ender's Game. What's the other one that she was in? Oh, Hunger Games. No, she wasn't in uh, Hunger Games. Sorry, she was in... Oh, shoot. Divergent. That's what it was. Oh, was she the main chick in Divergent? No, Octavia Spencer was not the main chick in Divergent. She I'm was just supporting put, I'm trying to character. put a face to the name, and I can't, so... Oh, well, that's okay. Octavia Spencer is African-American, so no, she oh, wasn't she was the main not. person in Divergent. Negative. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe she was also in The Shack with... Uh, what is his name? James Ward, James something. James Earl Jones? I can't remember. No. The guy from <laughs> Avatar. The guy from James Cameron's Avatar. Sam Worthington. That's mm. what it was. Sam Earl wow. Jones? For a guy whose thing is remembering what people were in, I am failing today. Bear with me. Do y'all want to hear the description by Pixar about um, the movie? Sure. Yes. Hit us with it. Pixar revealed that the plot would follow a world of suburban fantasy, populated by beings of fantasy stories like trolls, elves, centaurs, and more. In this world, machines take the place of magic, so elves use cell phones and centaurs eat fast food. Instead of being mysterious, glamorous creatures, unicorns are raccoon-like pests. Anthropomorphic trees grow in the middle of parking lots. Uh, The plot will follow two teenage elf brothers, presumably voiced by Pratt and Holland, as they embark on a quest to see if there's any magic left in the world. That sounds cute. Yeah. Sounds, sounds interesting. Sounds like a cross between Brave and Zootopia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I dig it. And then the Cruella movie. I, I kind of perked up when I saw that it was being directed by the person who directed I, Tanya. I saw that movie, and if they do I, Tanya for Cruella de Vil, I'm totally on board. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'll be... I think it'll mm-hmm. be more glossy than that. Like mm-hmm. Disney... I could see it maybe being a little bit closer to Christopher Robin. I bet that's probably what it's going to be more like. Or Maleficent. Maleficent was still so... Fantastical. Um, yeah, and like this isn't... This is definitely set in our world. True. Um, and it's also set in London. So, yeah, I think probably the Christopher Robin type, I could see that. I could see it looking similar to that. Yeah, but I really would... Like, I have it in my head now. I would really love to see... Cruella just sit down and say, okay, here's what really happened. Uh-huh. I wasn't going to kill all the puppies. I just wanted them all because I wanted, I had to choose which ones were the best for the coat. Just like have kind of like have her sit. Yeah, but, oh, yeah. like, yeah, okay. I, I, I get what you mean now. I yeah. Tanya style. Yeah. yeah, I think that's funny. Have um, her sit down in front of the camera. I can explain everything. I think Emma Stone will be a good fit for that too. Yeah. Um, she seems to be over the top. Yeah, I could also see it be set, see it like set in New York instead of London or something like that. More mm-hmm. like Meryl Streep in Devil Wears Prada. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think they should have Meryl Streep in the movie as like her protege or something. Or sorry, <laughs> her her um not her protege, mentor. Yes, that, mm-hmm. her mentor. That's funny. And as the best segue that I could come up with. During Thanksgiving, showing how long it's been since we recorded, Disney dropped 
the trailer that made the entire world weep. They dropped the trailer to the 2019 Lion King. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wasn't in front of a TV because it dropped during uh, the Cowboys game. Yeah. I wasn't in front of a TV. I was actually in Walmart. And uh, our friend and previous guest, Tim, sent us a link. Uh-huh. And I saw, like, I opened the YouTube. It doesn't show you the title. So I opened the message and I was like, oh, my God. I stopped what I was doing. <laughs> like, I stopped whatever I was doing in Walmart. And my friend was like, what's going on? And I'm like, stop talking right now. <laughs> I was actually kind of rude. <laughs> I was actually kind of rude. But uh, yeah, I, I sat and watched it. And she started She started just kind of like getting excited audibly. And I'm like, stop talking right now. <laughs> I started just shushing her profusely. <laughs> and then I watched it again. And then I started weeping in the middle of Walmart. It was a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Did you go find Lion King paraphernalia? So you- no, I just, I wanted to go drink more. <laughs> so I did. Okay. Uh, this week's matchup <laughs> is <laughs> The Lion King versus The Hunchback of Notre Dame. We were actually supposed to do this one first in round three. And we kept pushing it off. Yeah, we did. Um, I watched both of these today. Um, a super successful day off, really. I'm very jealous. <laughs> I watched them both um, yesterday after I got off work because I was like, oh, crap, we're recording tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. And then I remembered. So at this point, we've talked about both of these twice. Is that right? We're yes. In mm-hmm. Round three? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about both of these twice. I'm going to go ahead and open up the rankings and pull them up to see where they were initially, but... We'll revisit that later. As far as Lion King goes, I know it was our unanimous number one seed for the entire bracket. Both of y'all had Lion King as number one, and it was like in my tier two, right? I think it was in your tier one, but I'm going to pull it up and see. And then I know Hunchback was further down the list, but has definitely become one of our favorites. Yeah. Now that we I think it's become (laughs) one of our favorites by proxy because, like, going through all these this other crap. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like why yeah. it, the 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 amounting of crap that we're finding is just kind of pushing Hunchback higher up our list. Well, that yeah. like, like when you stand on a pile of crap. Mm-hmm. That and I mean like now we've like rewatched it since having watched it as like kids and stuff too, and now it's just like oh my mm-hmm. gosh, I'm catching everything, you know. So full transparency, I didn't appreciate Hunchback as a kid. I I didn't appreciate Hunchback until I was. Uh, probably in college or until I was like a teenager. Mm-hmm. Tori and I both put Lion King as number one. Heather put Lion King in her tier two. I can't even understand Boo. that. Oh, and Boo this girl. Baby, it's staying there. <laughs> what? Um, uh, wow, okay. <laughs> Maybe this isn't going to be so difficult after all. Huh. Um, huh. And then Tori and I put... Tori put Hunchback as number 16. I put it as 14. And Heather had it in her tier two as well. That one's moving I'll up. Say, I'll say boo Heather for that too. Boo this girl! Oh yeah, no, Hunchback, Hunchback's moving up. Hunchback is moving up? Yeah. Okay. okay. Okay, well let's start off with characters. Characters? Character. Uh, I think the best way to look at this is to look at the trio, the important trio of each story. 
and that's uh, for Lion King that would be Scar, Nala, and Simba. And then for Hunchback, it's Frollo, Esmeralda, and Quasimodo. Okay. My the biggest thing for me, and I remember, I remembered a little bit of this from the first couple times I watched Hunchback for the podcast, but I don't think I really like. I paid a lot of attention to him this time around, and like his facial reactions and the actual words coming out of his mouth instead of just the inflection. And I'm like, he's a dirty guy. Like, Hang on. Who are we talking about? Frollo. Frollo. Got it. Frollo's literally the worst. He's literally the worst. Mm-hmm. He's literally um, the worst. Religious fanaticism and I, like, the, uh, bleh, I can't even speak. He's so... He's literally barf-worthy. <laughs> like, he's so... He makes me want to vomit. He's so fucked up. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. like, I don't think I realized there's one part towards the beginning when Esmeralda, uh, seeks sanctuary in the cathedral and, and he smells her hair and, and he smells her hair. And I like, I remember that from before, but it's so, oh, it's so creepy and gross and like, and he tries to play it off as like oh i'm just picturing like the noose wrapping around your neck and she's like i know exactly what you were picturing and i was like get him exactly and he's like it's your fault and and, and then he's like it's your fault and that's a different level i don't i think that's something i noticed this time was that Mm -hmm. he knows that he's having inappropriate thoughts and feelings for her but is passing it off as she's got the devil and that's what's doing this is that yeah. it's that he's fine but her wily ways because he's um, proud of his virtue her wicked wiles yeah <laughs> wicked because wiles, he's proud of his virtue and so therefore it has to be her fault yeah i i think one of the things that's so sickening about him is how real that is oh how yeah human yeah. his evil is mm-hmm. and how not necessarily relatable as in i've personally experienced these things but He's like realistic that like happens in yeah. the world yeah and in a way that like scar isn't a stereotype that we come across as often mm-hmm. right um scar isn't is an archetype that we find scar is kind of he's a literary evil Yes. If I'm putting a label on it, he's a literary evil, as in you find characters like Scar in books mm-hmm. and in uh-huh. movies and in media. Frollo is a realistic evil, as in there are people who are walking around in the world like this, like actual priests who are like this. Well, and he's not a priest. He's just, he's like head of basically like the police, right? Not, yeah, yeah, he's he's not even clergy. He is, he is, uh, he's a judge. Right. He's, he's not yeah. even, he's not a religious person. Well, he's not he's not a part of the church, but he is a he yeah, is a religious I mean. man. And what he does that's that like we're all like connecting the dots to or whatever is he uses his power and he uses his power as as a weapon and he uses religion as a weapon. And we've seen that mm-hmm. like literally everywhere, literally everywhere. So it's like, oh, we recognize that. Blech. That's horrible, you know. Like the president Blech. does that. Yeah. Blech. If we're getting poli- if we can get political for a second, like the president does that. So. No, I didn't even want to go there. I was just talking about literally just like we are not a political name, podcast. Name a city, a it mood. happens there. <laughs> In that uh, realm, though, like they're both. Frollo is probably it, since Frollo is more realistic, he probably 
is the more threatening villain, but let's not discount Scar. Frollo is a kind of... I'm kind of focusing on vocal performance to make this point, but, like, Frollo is... He has a deeper voice. Like, Tony J is more... His his delivery is more demonic, kind of. Uh-huh. Making him kind of a... a, a uh, not celestial, but... Demon. Searching type. for a word. Devil-ish. Yeah. Yeah, he's a more devilish evil, whereas Scar is, he's smoother. Like, you can find yourself being he's tricked slick. into liking he's a Scar. He's manip- yeah, he's yeah. manipulative. He's mm-hmm. And, like, his whole pitch, if you think about it, his whole pitch to the hyenas was, join me and I'll do this and this and this. Scar's a politician. Yes. Which yeah. is kind of where similarities cross. Like, they're both political. Yeah. And they both use... But Frollo uses brute strength. Yeah, and Scar uses Frollo's vengeance is Frollo's vendetta is more personal, and Scar's is also personal. But it's Frollo's thing is more for himself, and Scar is more himself. But also, hey hyenas, help me, and I'll get you guys this. You know, see what I'm saying? Kind of, yeah. Scar's is more familial, and Frollo's is more prejudicial. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, how about ensemble overall? Overall ensemble. Wait, we got to talk about Nala and Esmeralda. Oh, sorry. Whereas Scar and Frollo are closer together, Nala and Esmeralda are, I think, more separate. Well, Nala I... is more for. Well, I take that back. Frollo and Scar are are pretty far apart. I feel like, or maybe it's just the way that Frollo was able to like accomplish wicked deeds and stuff like that because i was even talking to my boyfriend mm-hmm. about it i was like frollo makes scar look like just like a sassy a sassy gay like just angry little brother yeah who wants you're power just, like, you're just disappointed and greedy yeah yeah nala and esmeralda in that in that are they're kind of more uh now that i think about it they're more similar than scar and frollo because uh, Esmeralda is, they're both all for the plight of, you know, their people, their land. Because Nala, you know, she pieces out when shit in the Pride Land gets gets rough and she has to, you know, go find help. Right. And uh-huh. Esmeralda is woke. And woke she's like, I, I've noticed Love how you her. treat people. And I know how you treat the gypsies in, in France and, I mean, in Paris and, you know can't have that shit anymore you treat yeah. him like you treat my people every every time i watch a disney movie again i notice a new voice and this time it was nala as uh or moira kelly as nala and i know moira kelly from the west wing but she's been in a few different things oh, okay and then the same thing with um frollo what you you what did you say his name was I tony j tony j i watched a video so he has done a few things. He was actually in The Lion King. Um, he was an uncredited voice in The Lion King as a hyena. Hmm. But he was also the asylum manager in Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, He's associated with darker personas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's that's kind of his jam. But um, So watching that, like I watched video of him recording and it was it was pretty... It's, it's cool. He has a really awesome voice. Mm-hmm. Um, for Nolan Esmeralda, I almost... I So I watched Nightmare Before... Or not Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> I watched Hunchback of Notre Dame before I watched Lion King. And Nala seemed 
like almost passive in comparison to Esmeralda. Esmeralda's way um, more aggressive about things than Nala is. Yeah, but she's also she's got way more screen time. Like mm-hmm. we're watching Simba grow up and that whole time there's no one from his past. So it kind of makes sense right. that yeah. she's not as yeah. present. But um there's this great kind of uh pact of women in in the group of lioness lionesses. Yes. <laughs> but it's still not quite as impactful after watching Esmeralda like go back time after time to risk her life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'll agree with you about um, Esmeralda having more agency. Agency is the word I think you were looking for. Yeah. Uh, and screen time. But I'm not going to shade Nala because she, when Simba disappears, obviously she disappears because Simba's the focus. But when she comes back, she's a thorn in his ass saying, hey. You need to man up. Yeah, shit's going on at home. Granted, she doesn't know what he went through and Simba goes off and won't tell her. But she is saying, hey, you got to fix this. It's your job. Yeah. So she's not she's not letting him off the hook. So her way of, go- of going about things wasn't very effective because it didn't seem like she was trying to understand Simba's point of view, even though he wasn't opening up or anything like that. Like he wasn't really like letting her try to understand, but she wasn't even trying to understand to begin with. She was just like, go do your job. And that's why he ran away and she was like all huffy. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But with... Esmeralda, I mean, she only thinks about her people. She is, like, all about justice, obviously. And she kind of just, like, always ends up going back and forth between, like, Quasimodo and, like, her people and stuff like that because she's trying to... She's basically, like, just, like, the most helpful bitch because she's trying to just, like, help everybody. So... Mm-hmm. And she's very empathetic, obviously, since she was, like, the first, like, nice person to Quasimodo and stuff like that. And you always get that image, that image of her, like, you know, like holding out her hand for him to like take and like bring out to the light and stuff like that. So was that her? Or was it? No, that was her. At that the was end her. Of the movie. It was like, I thought that was the little girl. No, the little girl steps out of the crowd. That's yeah. what it is. Also, the little girl was in the was in the very beginning when uh, what's his face was doing the puppet show, and I was like, holy shit, that's her. So oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't remember that part. <laughs> it's because it's oh, in the very cute. beginning. <laughs> oh. No, I watched these movies. You guys, you guys said when you guys watched them. When we were originally supposed to record like a month ago, I watched Hunchback, and then I watched the beginning of Lion King, and then I stopped. Today I put the you know the DVD back in the 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 PlayStation, mm-hmm. and it picked up right where I left off. I'm like, okay, I'll just, I guess I'll just sit down and finish this right here. This is fine. Yeah. Esmeralda is is a literal social justice warrior because she takes on so much for society and for justice and she fights the the french guard i'm pretty sure yeah. like doesn't frollo yell silence at her and that's when she yells back justice yes uh-huh yeah. yes like ugh, that part's so nice if i can get a jab in though i i like nala's vocal performance more than yes uh, esmeralda and right now we're focusing on uh, adult nala specifically but Young Nala doesn't slouch either. Yeah. Are you talking about them singing, or are you talking about the voice acting, or both? Uh, I was specifically talking about voice acting, but I mean, there, Nala doesn't one... sing that much as as yeah. much as Esmeralda does. I mean, Esmeralda only has one song. Yeah, but it's and Nala it's her has song. Nala has duets with Simba. Yeah, is that her though? Yeah, 
I don't think yes, it's the same it's to be voice. Her, technically. Oh. Is it oh, the I same voice about. actress? Yeah. I mean, Nala has a Nala has a verse. She has a verse in "Just Can't Wait to Be King," and then she has a verse verse and harmonies, hardly verses. And in um, "Can You Feel the Love Tonight," whereas Esmeralda has a whole song. But I guess specifically, I'm talking about uh, their voice acting, and I think Moira Kelly and I can't remember the voice actress for Young Nala. I think I feel like collectively do a better job. Nikita Kalame Harris. I thought they were all good. I don't know. <laughs> there was one point at the beginning of Hunchback of Notre Dame where Esmeralda's in the tent and uh, Quasimodo like stumbles into the tent. Yes. And she talks to him for the first time and says, nice mask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like it was dubbed over after or something like that <laughs> in like a remastering. Like there was, there's something about her voice that's too... That's not animated um, yeah. enough. It's almost too realistic. Yeah. Um, okay, what about Simba and the Quasimodo? This one's harder for me because in watching... No, and I didn't watch Hunchback today. I listened to the soundtrack because Grace mentioned the music. And I'm like, let me oh. listen to the music isolated. And in thinking about the plight of both of these two characters, they're even more similar than... Oh, yeah both than either two pairings before them because they're both at their core their development comes from a lie that they've been told Mm -hmm. simba was told hey your father's dead and it's your fault quasimodo has been told you're ugly your mother didn't love you you're a monster the world you're a monster the world won't accept you which is Uh partly true that part not so much a lie a core of their being throughout their adult lives is I'm told this thing and it's defining me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I kind of want to, in, in going to bat for both of these characters, which I need to pick one, uh, I was thinking about the males of the Renaissance. To, seeing Ralph Breaks the Internet, the princesses get a, the, they're probably the best part of the movie. And princesses get a lot of love in Disney fandom. Mm-hmm. But the guys of the Renaissance, Aladdin, Simba, Hercules, Quasimodo, and Tarzan, mm-hmm. they go through some shit, if you think about it. I because mean, yeah. they're all they're all flawed characters who are trying to do better. Well, I, so I mean I think Tarzan. you can say I think you can say that for any of the protagonists. That's not that's not exclusive to the men. I'm going to bat for the men though, because princesses okay. rule everything. <laughs> Okay. I just raised my hand <laughs> like a like a kid. But 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 <laughs> like I I completely disagree with you. Disney is ruled by women. It's it's true. Uh, I, am I wrong? Uh yes, you're wrong because What? Um I think about how Belle was treated as a woman that she No, no, no. I mean was... like the iconic characters of Disney movies are the princesses. Oh yeah, duh. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, that's, that's my only point. That's my only point. That's but why I'm going to back. So for you're the, just saying the that the men are underappreciated as characters and as characters. Okay. Yes. But you also mentioned before that they went through rougher times than, or at least no, you no, implied. no, 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 no. I didn't say rougher. I didn't say rougher. You, but you implied that the that the guys had to go through shit, and so I think what Grace was saying was that the women also <laughs> Let had me to go through shit. I know. I know. <laughs> 
but so that's the that's bo- where the confusion came from i'm just i'm just letting okay. you know where that okay. came from <laughs> let me clarify let me clarify i'm not saying that what they went through was rougher i'm just saying that don't undervalue the rough shit that the these characters went through right okay 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 that being said the growth of both simba and quasimodo are different levels because simba yeah. I, I was watching a scene earlier of um when Nala is talking about, wait till everybody finds out that you've been here all this time, and your mother, what will she think? Simba's response to that is, she doesn't need to know. Nobody needs to know. And the fear in his face is not, I don't want to. I don't want anybody to know that I've been hiding. I don't want anybody to know that I killed my father because he still believes that. Yeah, uh-huh. because Scar and also I never... said the line, "What would your mother think?" By the way. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. He's he is so scared, mm-hmm. and then Quasimodo, his whole thing is it's 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 a lie, but it's all kind of affirmed when he gets put on you know a spit and rotated and ridiculed in front of the whole town. I'm ugly, you know. Nobody will ever accept me, and Frollo was right. Right, but the only reason why the mob turned against him was because it was mob mentality and the guards started that shit. You're right. But it also affirms so, that yeah. Frollo was right. Mm-hmm. And this is, he's like, I'll go after his whole song of Out There, which I will talk about that song in a minute. <laughs> his thing is, I finally get to go out and this is what happens. Right. I disobeyed uh-huh. Frollo. He was so good to me. This is what happens the only time I get to go outside and... I hate it. Just it's it's so traumatic. They both go through right. such traumatic things, experiences, and mm-hmm. experiences, and their realization of it all is just kind of, it's it's kind of heartbreaking. Yeah, I think you make a solid point saying that like they go through kind of like the same thing, and then they kind of have like the same end result of like, oh shit, they were wrong, you know, kind of thing. But uh, Simba's was more self inflicted. Because he was able to hang around Timon and Pumbaa, and they were kind of like a healing factor for him, while Quasimodo Mm -hmm. grew up 20-some-odd years with Frollo. You know what I mean? So I feel like it took him longer because of the emotional and and mental abuse and stuff like that that he underwent literally every day. Question to that. I I agree with Heather. Do you think that—I think that Quasimodo and Simba could be the same age— because cat um, years. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, maybe cat <laughs> years. Uh. I, you know what? I honestly think, I think Simba's probably younger. I think Simba's probably like 17. Yeah, I was about to okay. say, I think Simba's like two. <laughs> like, yeah. Because cats grow up so So like fast. 14. <laughs> and where I'm going with that is, Heather said that Timon and Pumbaa were a healing of it. Do you think that Simba ever told Timon and Pumbaa why he was running? No. Or did Timon, or did they just say, hey, whatever happened, don't worry about it. Put your past behind you. You're going to hang out with us now and eat bugs. We don't. And oh, and Timon, us, Timon, but... <laughs> Timon even says, Simba says, I don't want to talk about it. Timon says, good. We don't want to hear about We're it. We're here. Yeah. And yeah. that was it. Yeah. I think that was it. Because they didn't even know he was a king. Yeah. yeah. So he he didn't bring anything up. Yeah, and like they were surprised when when Scar was like, "Oh, you didn't tell anybody our little secret." Okay, well, guess what? <laughs> you know, and everyone's like, <gasps> "Yeah," and then and everyone's Quasimodo, everyone else of murder. 
You're right. And Quasimodo, every I bet I bet every interaction with Frollo, it was drilled into him because mm-hmm. he has his alphabet. Yep. It's it's a, it's his religious teaching and it's per, his personal teaching. You're a monster. Nobody can accept you. I bet. Deal with it. I bet M we didn't get there was probably going to be monster. Monster. Yeah. Uh huh. And to in in, a, in an attempt to pick a winner of the two, I feel like Simba literally confronted his demon. Yeah. Well, they both did. I was about to say, so I did, mean, they both I was like, up, so did Quasimodo. Like, they, they both, both end up dying did. in fire. Here's my question. What happens after? For Like, we know what happens with Simba. Right. What happens after with Quasimodo? I mean, he got a terrible sequel, so we also know that, too. Yeah, technically. You're not missing anything. <laughs> Apparently the animation is like... It's so bad. So bad. <laughs> it's so oh, bad. No. Yeah. I my mistake was watching the Hunchback of Notre Dame and then immediately watching the Hunchback of Notre no. Dame too. Oh no! no it's it's like when you look at the picture at at a fast food restaurant and then you get the real thing. Oh god! Like, oh, this is not what the picture looks like. Yeah. <laughs> I was expecting something much better. Oh no. But uh, Quasimodo, I think he's just the bell ringer, and he's still the bell ringer, and he can go down whenever he wants, and people accept him. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, bell ringer, Quasimodo, what's up? And Esmeralda and Phoebus get together, and they visit regularly. Cute. It's not as good as a follow-up as Lion King 2 was, because, you know, they had a kid, and Simba and Nala had a kid afterward. Right. And Lion King 2 isn't about Simba, even though it says Simba's pride. It's not about him. Mm. I feel like Simba's story effectively ends in Lion King. Like, he, gotcha. he's done growing. I mean, he, he grows some more. He learns about prejudice and stuff in Lion King, too. But if you don't watch that movie, it's fine. Mm-hmm. And something that I noticed via the commentary is when Simba runs away from Pride Rock, he goes through thorns to get uh-huh. to the, uh, what is it, the Oasis? Uh-huh. Yeah. And then when he goes, when Rafiki leads him to see Mufasa, he has to go back through vines and thorns. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of his, that's the beginning of his journey back. Yeah. And it mirrors his journey away from, mm-hmm. you know, his responsibilities and his home and everything. And I thought that was cool. That right. was great imagery. I've never noticed that before. Huh. Moving on to story. I kind of went into it with the, the plight of the, the lies that they were told. Ah, uh, okay. Got gotcha. you. The lie that Scar told Simba and the idea that um, Quasimodo's mom didn't love him. Yeah. Side note, if you watch the beginning, Frollo takes out Quasimodo's mom with one kick. Well, because <laughs> there were stairs, dude. Because there but were stairs still. and she smacked her head on the stair. Dude, you fall right, you're done. Look at Jessica oh, but she like doesn't. She doesn't crumble or anything. She's like, boom, kick in the face, dead. Because she lost her footing. <laughs> I think he was wearing spurs, too. Why Why is a Parisian wearing spurs? But that's not here nor there. Artwork. So as far as backgrounds, uh, Hunchbacks is fairly nondescript. There's lots of, especially the stuff on the street or uh, even in in the cathedral, you've got a lot of, you've got a lot of gray stone backgrounds. And then on the street, you've got kind of like cityscape building colored, yeah, but nothing too. too detailed. Mm-hmm. And then at least until the show is a view, exactly. So there are some really 
great views, but for the most part, it's it's about the character art. Mm-hmm. Um, and The Lion King, everything that's on screen is impactful for most of the movie. Like, especially in the beginning, seeing even even the images with characters in them, those landscapes are like, I don't know. They're they're better. They're better. They're more detailed. There, I feel like they're yeah. they're brighter. They're brighter in Lion King. And... I think there's a different contrast. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. part of that is I watched the video I had for Hunchback wasn't as high quality as the Lion King file that I had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But even still, um, and I bet that the the uh, Lion King. Remastered. I watched was remastered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, that's but, the problem with some of these remasters that Disney is doing. It's it's hard to compare. Yeah. Lion King gets a much better remaster treatment than um, literally than anything. Hunchback does. We're on <laughs> yeah. like the we're on like the fourth special edition of Lion King, where I think I don't even know if Hunchback is on a good Blu-ray. Like mm-hmm. they they package Hunchback with Hunchback and Notre Dame too. Which yeah. is disrespectful. Yeah, it is. Mad disrespectful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think if if Hunchback was remastered, then everything would probably get, you know, whatever. Like it would just get brightened, like Lion King has, and it would like add more depth to the cityscape and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. There are some techniques in, like, there are some animation techniques and stuff that are used in Hunchback that Lion King just doesn't do. Like there's a lot more technological advancement in Lion King or sorry, in Hunchback that they have access to that they're just it's more bare bones with Lion King and it just looks prettier, I think. Like think about They've also the got like sweeping stuff. like landscapes to play with. That's that's yeah, that's their advantage yeah. for sure. Cuz everyone's always like nature, you know, and like that's literally mm-hmm. all Lion King. <laughs> and it looks and it just looks more natural whereas the Paris, the part of Paris that they're in is kind of, it's it's kind of closed quarters. It's kind of claustrophobic, and it's basically I like the of, square. I feel like yeah, and I kind of feel that in the animation. Like it still yeah. looks good, mm-hmm. but it doesn't good, look as good as the wide openness that Lion King has. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's probably supposed to feel closed off because it is in the city, and if it is on a square, yeah. then it is on a square. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something that they uh, mentioned in the commentary about uh, an animation technique when Quasimodo swings in to save Esmeralda. Yeah. And somehow doesn't set her hair on fire, by the way, in calling that. <laughs> yeah. How, does she, how just... is she not bald? <laughs> Disney magic. That's how. Yeah. Disney magic. Yep. Um, also, she's a witch. Duh. No, oh, right, right. Burn the witch. Yes. <laughs> Stay with me. Uh, this... Choose me or the fire. And then she spits in his face. Anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> creepy. Yeah. I was like, this, <laughs> so The technique creepy. that I'm talking about, when Quasimodo runs off the off the cathedral, swings, yeah. grabs her, jumps back off. Uh-huh. Yeah. They said on the commentary, that whole sequence, the, the amount of uh, tech that it took, it's like the ballroom scene from Beauty and the Beast, plus the... Um, stampede scene from lion king Hmm. all set on fire that's what they described it as that's how much tech it took and i'm like holy shit because if you look at it there are some there's some modeling there 
like the buildings around him they're less they're a little bit less defined and they're just models mm-hmm. uh-huh. and then there's the fire and then there's him moving against all of it and then there's the people that make up the the the, the crowd right uh-huh. so there's a lot of elements going on at once and then it's a full cinematic camera motion Right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So. That lasts all of five seconds. Right. And then fire. And then sanctuary. And I almost cried today when that happened because I was like, oh my God, I know what's going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it gives me chills every single time. Like, even even yeah. when I'm just listening to the soundtrack, I know where it is. Uh-huh. And I'm just like, uh-huh. you know, yeah. <laughs> I'll like stop working. And if you look at her, <laughs> I think this is a good segue into imagery. If you look at Esmeralda during that scene, uh, she's in kind of a Christ pose, uh-huh. yeah. Like with her feet, with her hands, it's a it's a Christ pose. Yeah, they do that uh-huh. on purpose yeah. all the time, especially since this is that movie was so like religion heavy. Absolutely. Both of these stories are so short and tight, and I yes. feel like the one thing that drags down the story of Hunchback, the execution of Hunchback, and this has something to do with characters too. And what is it? At Ben Active on Twitter, shout out to you. Mm. Wanted us to talk about this long time ago. The Achilles heel, I feel, of the execution of the Hunchback of Notre Dame are the gargoyles. Uh, pause. Did you notice that at the very beginning of the movie, um, Phoebus tells his horse Achilles to heal. Mm -hmm. They called the horse Achilles just so they could make that joke. Yes. Yeah. They said it in the commentary. Uh I think this is, I think this is the first time I actually caught that. I was like, "Uh." yeah. (laughs) Okay. They also Um, called Achilles, uh, Philippe's dumb cousin, Philippe from, uh, Beauty and the Beast. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So here's, here's the thing. And I, I've been struggling with which one of these I want to win, which, one I'm going to choose. And I think this is going to be the deal breaker. Um, both of these have pretty simple storylines. And the Hunchback, I think the problem with the Hunchback, I don't think it's the Gargoyles. I think the Gargoyles help um, because they're, you've got all of this really intense shit. Heavy this bigotry, stuff. this hellfire, like really heavy. So they're the only ones that are kind of freshening the mood. Yeah. But you keep coming back to Notre Dame. You keep going back to the same, like, Esmeralda keeps having to go back and Phoebus keeps ending up back. So you, you're just playing the same game over and over. Like, someone's always trying to be captured and someone's always hunting. And so that gets a little trite. Um, in The Lion King, you've got this good arc instead of these kind of loops. You've got, like... Mufasa dies, Simba runs away, Nala goes and runs into him, he comes back and saves the pride. Like, that's a beautiful arc, and it's a, it's linear. You could um, call it a circle of life, if you will. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, but she said um, there weren't any circles, circles, so... Heather, get out. <laughs> yeah. Go on, um, So I think that's kind of... I think that's the thing for me, is I enjoy Hunchback so much because of the music and because it's so adult. So, There's so many things that are almost too real um, and it's refreshing. It's, a, it's different than any other Disney movie in that way. Mm-hmm. But also the story actually isn't as good as Lion King. I will agree with you in saying that 
the the gargoyles are there for comic relief. I don't think they're funny. They're just kind of annoying. And maybe because I'm not in a good place emotionally right now, I would really appreciate (laughs) a Disney movie that stays dour for a good 90% of the movie. Troy, I think you're watching the wrong genre. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. I need to be watching like DreamWorks movies or something. I don't know. Or uh, horror movies. or (laughs) I don't know. But like... In the same way that Simba's epiphany after seeing his father and his conversation with Rafiki, who's probably my favorite character of, those are my two favorite characters in The Lion King, Mufasa and Rafiki. Uh-huh. But his his little epiphany in a movie like Hunchback that is that could be so dour the entire time, I feel like without the comic relief, that epiphany could be the light in the darkness that the whole movie would be. Does that make sense? The finding the way out of the darkness think... could be the way out of not I making think... the rest of this movie dark. Well, I think I think that's what you have. Like that's what ends up ends up happening. You have to have that redemption. Um, but I I don't think I don't think it's a kids movie if you don't if you don't have the like you could have some other form of chromic relief. Phoebus yeah, has a good number better. of lions. <laughs> I yeah I think they're fine. I didn't really have yeah I didn't have a problem with the gargoyles at all. Um, especially when, like, Paris was on fire, and then they start singing about Paris being on fire. Yes. Again, that was another, <laughs> just like, that was just another I thought, that, I thought that was really funny. Yeah, it's cheeky. I'm just gonna put out a hot dog and roast this, because Paris is on fire. That's what's happening right now. <laughs> exactly. Now, then I'm gonna eat it, because he's literally a pig. Has a hot dog. He's a hog, so. Uh... I think yeah. I just want the gargoyles to be better because even in listening to the soundtrack, when that song comes up, I just kind of groan because it just kills the vibe. It's like in the live action Beauty and the Beast when Belle leaves and then uh, the Beast starts singing. I'm like, hang yeah. on, we just screech to a halt really fast yeah. with this one. But they're they're his hype I, his hype people. I his challenge you to gargoyles. go back and actually pay attention to what they're saying because yeah. I think you're. I think you're writing them off as you don't think they're funny, but if you actually listen, it's pithy. It's like it's smart. Some of it's smart. Some of it's slapstick. Because it has to be for the um, but kids. But some of it's actually, yeah. But some of it's actually pretty smart. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've, I've listened to what they're saying, and I've looked. I mean, I watched it with the subtitles on, so I know what they're saying. Like the the rhyme since your shape like a croissant what is. <laughs> I'm just like, that's wait a minute. Funny. That's that's, that's the that's funny. probably the funniest. Like, I, I never understood what he was saying. And I'm like, oh, that's a good rhyme. Okay. <laughs> and I've, I've talked about, I, I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast or just with Heather. Like, I'm not a fan of a lot of Stephen Schwartz's uh, lyrics. Like, I uh-huh. have some problems with Wicked. I do. I have some. If, okay. I have some problems with a lot Hot of, with some of the, some of the <laughs> lyrics in Wicked. Like, some of it, it's a little wordy. Some of the it's you're a little wordy. Yes, that's my thing. But you should love Wicked. I mean, well, I mean he does, but we could talk about that later. (laughs) Um, But I think I just want the gargoyles to be better or just be gone. Yeah. Um, And then they they kind of play on the idea like, are they in Quasimodo's head? And then they kind of shit on it at the end when oh they're taking out the soldiers. Uh, just be better. They're yeah. like the toys in Toy Story. 
No, no, not even, not even a little bit. They are. No. They're like the toys in Toy Story in the sense that they don't want anybody, anybody bad or anybody aside from Quasimodo, who is literally the lonely, the like loneliest person ever. They they show themselves to him because he fucking needs some friends, dude. I don't think they're like the toys in Toy Story. They're like the toys in Toy weird. Story because because they they solidify around other people. They only want Quasimodo to like know that they're there. Aside from yeah. the like final scene whenever they're battling and stuff like that, and that's just when Woody's like, "We see everything." The end. <laughs> what? The end. That's my argument. <laughs> for them, at least. Um, for the storyline, back to that really quick. Um, I agree that Hunchback does kind of like go in circles a little bit, um, but I think that's a factor of. Um, Quasimodo still trying to get out of like his abused mentality and is trying to accept the fact like it's kind of like a holy shit what is the word for that <laughs> reaction knee jerk no overcorrection no it's it like plays a factor into that pretty much I guess that's not what I'm trying that's not what I... that's not the word I'm looking for but um, it kind of reminds me of. Actually, no, it doesn't. So never mind. Just <laughs> ignore that part of what I just said. Um, he goes in circles because he's trying to get out of the abused mentality, and he has to keep going back to that because that's what he's known for the past twenty years. Um, and so I think the movie is trying to showcase that in that sense by just kind of like going back and forth, because that's also Esmeralda. Like, whenever he starts getting down on himself and whatever, that's when Esmeralda comes back and is like, no, wait, hang on, you're not a monster and stuff like that. So I think that kind of, like, plays a factor into that. And I do like the simplicity of Lion King's butt. Of Lion King's butt. I do like Lion King's butt. Um, (laughs) It's very cute. It's a cat butt. Um, No, but, uh... Samba got a dog. <laughs> he was he was kind of scrawny for a while, TBH. So uh, he was. He only ate bugs. <laughs> That's true. But uh, I don't know. I really liked all the stuff that they were able to fit into Hunchback, though. Like I wrote down a lot of a lot of like the factors that I really liked about it, and like the facts, the stuff that like I noticed. And um, like both movies have like the self acceptance kind of little line to them. You know, because uh-huh. Simba is like, oh, no, wait, I didn't kill Mufasa, you know, kind of thing. Um, <laughs> and then realizes that, like, he's a good person. And then Quasimodo realizes that he's not a monster and, like, actually can have friends and stuff like that. Um, but Hunchback also, you know, touches on, like, prejudice. It, it touches on injustice from the justice system. It touches on creepy old men of power being the worst. Uh, I wrote that down. <laughs> Not, not wrong. Yep, religion Can't as confirm. religion as a weapon, mental and emotional abuse, and so like just the fact that they were able to touch on all of that and like in a decent way, like in a decent like with a decent like portrayal. I don't know. Like I just really enjoyed that they were able to fit all of that in that like hour and a half movie, and it didn't and it didn't uh-huh. seem to like glob everything together, or, like gunk up the mechanics of it or anything like that. Like, it was all just kind of, like, in there, and I was like, oh, I love it. It's so good. I don't know. I'm not making my argument very well, but I like all of those. Something that I was just thinking about with Lion King is Mufasa's appearing to Simba didn't alleviate his guilt. Nope. 
for the whole situation. Nope. Because up until Simba's dangling off the ledge like his father was, Mm -hmm. he still thinks he killed Mufasa. Yeah. Yeah. And Scar's mistake was being like, I killed your father. And then, like, in a rush of adrenaline, Simba Simba was like, murderer! You know? So it's like, okay. but Yeah. And... I, I like that Mufasa's thing wasn't like, "Hey, you didn't kill me." Scar did. Spoiler alert. Right. It wasn't like it wasn't like Luke, I'm your father. Yeah, I'm, I'll just say the line wrong. It wasn't like <laughs> Luke, I'm your father. It was, "Hey, this isn't you. You got to go back to Pride Rock." I think it was prodding him into the truth is out there. Ooh, X Files reference. The truth <laughs> is out there. Just go back to Pride Rock and everything will be okay. Take your pl- You're out of the loop right now. You got to take your place in the circle of life and everything will be okay. Yeah, but that's kind of like all it was though. In a sense, like in a sense Lion King, like all it was was Simba Simba's basically self-acceptance, right? Cuz he accepts mm-hmm. himself and then he's like, "Oh, okay, going to go be king now." And then like later he's like, "Oh, I didn't kill my father. Now I definitely super like me again." You know, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and so like that's the one definitely super like me. Yeah, like that's the one factor. Like that's the only like arc plot or whatever of Lion King. While with like Hunchback, there's just so much more to it. I don't know. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot to get out of Hunchback, and I really appreciate it. And you're gonna say but yeah, <laughs> no, no, oh. there's no there's no but. <laughs> I just like I just like the the simplicity and the it, the streamline the how streamlined Lion King is because all of that that you said that's a lot to get out of Hunchback and it's it just kind of you said it doesn't gum up the works it it kind of mentally gums up the works but I don't think so. it kind of makes hey there's the butt it kind of <laughs> makes Hunchback a little bit. I think this is where people said who debunking the people that said Hunchback was a bad movie. These are the mm-hmm. all the things that you said are the reasons why people say, "Hey, Hunchback is underrated," and here's why. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the fact that that Lion King has a really simple plot, but it's really pretty, it's overrated. I'll say it. Did you just say Lion King is overrated? <laughs> it's overrated. I can't. I can't. It is Hold overrated. Hot take. It is so simple. Wrong. It's what? so simple. And everything like what? not everything else has depth or anything. Like, but it's simple. Like, it's simple like most of the Disney movies. Okay, like 95% of the sim- of like these Disney movies or whatever. They're so simple because they have just Except like for one Zootopia. little plot. Aside from Except for Zootopia. Exactly. But Zootopia was great because they because they fucking because they like touched on a lot of points and stuff like that. Sorry, I was starting to stutter and I was getting mad at myself. But they Zootopia touched on a lot of st- on a lot of points. And so did I'm so heated. Lion I think King is I think so Heather said like I think Heather said that Lion King is overrated. Broke the Matrix for a second. <laughs> Me, and, Me and Grace are shook. Heather, Lion King is not raising canes. Let's just be let's just be real. I don't wow, like either wow, of those chicken wow. of those chicken places. Not one. really. I like them sometimes. I just kinda don't like chicken. But it's okay. Grace, one one I... fight at a time. This is not the time nor the place. <laughs> she also just said she doesn't like chicken. Can we can we boot her off the island? I'm just no, I'm just tired. I'm just tired of chicken because like that's what I mostly grew up on. But yet I still I still make chicken dishes for lunch because the fuck else am I supposed to cook? 
<laughs> it's so fucking easy. It is like heck. So wait, you we're saying you're saying that yeah, Hunchback let's go, let's go back is to that. underrated and Lion King is overrated. Yes, because of the simplicity. Yes, because it is simple, just like every other Disney movie. But Hunchback actually has a whole bunch of like stuff to it, and it makes you pay attention because it's like, oh shit, she said justice. Oh shit, they're saying sanctuary. Oh god, that guy is being a creep. And like, <laughs> like, wow, getting some rapey vibes from that guy. Like, come on. <laughs> okay, so are we saying that like, do gypsies get to just live? Are gypsies just living out in the open now after the downfall of Frollo? Are I we going to talk so. about like so everything is fixed now that? Frollo has burned up. I think now that Frollo's that I think now that Frollo's gone, there's gonna be it's it's basically what's kind of happening right now. We're trying to change we're trying to like change the mentality, the the ways people like the ways people are thinking. The way people are thinking. The ways what the fuck? The way people are thinking. You're right. The ways in which people think the yes. ways people are thinking. Both You're of, right. Both of them. Okay, cool. But we're trying yeah. to like we're trying to change mentalities and stuff like that, like now, and so I think that's what they would go through after the after the fall of Frollo because Frollo was such an imposing figure in that society that now that he's gone, like, I mean, what's his name, Phoebus, yes. or whatever the heck his name is. Like, I mean, he was super open to people being people because people are people. Go fucking figure, you know. And so I think <laughs> with him, he was never not that exactly and i think it was and i think it wasn't just because esmeralda was pretty it might have been because esmeralda was pretty that might have played a part no, into but it, he was... but he but he was he was <clears throat> nice to everybody that's why when frollo yeah. was like oh yeah you're here now to help me with this with these vermin you know kind of thing because that's what you know the gypsies were to like, him Ooh. he was like you pulled me from war to do this oh mm. okay you know like it didn't make sense to him because it doesn't make sense and so i think oh with... it's just like it's just like pulling troops to to build a wall. Oh, we are not a political podcast. We're oh, not. Oh shit! But I'm saying, but I'm saying, because I'm assuming Phoebus is probably because Phoebus is still is. I mean, he was the one that basically got the mob to like help um, Quasimodo and Esmeralda at the end. Hang on, that's mob mentality. You you yell enough things at someone loud enough, they're gonna believe anything. That's the basis of mob mentality. I know. You could say, "Let's go eat bag." He could have said, "Let's go eat bagels," and they were riled up enough. Oh my to, god! Yes, let's let us. They they were riled up enough to be like, you know, fuck this birdie. We're gonna go eat bagels. <laughs> but it's mob mentality. But heaven. you see the change. You see the positive outcome of that. When the little girl goes up and hugs Quasimodo and then everyone's like, Quasimodo! Like, you see the positive outcome of that one versus mm-hmm. when the guards were throwing tomatoes earlier because Frollo was being a dick. I don't think it was Frollo being a dick because he didn't tell them to throw tomatoes. I think it was the guards being a dick. But his rule, and- but his rule over them got, th- like, got them into that mindset. Gotcha. Yeah. So I will ask this question Go. and I'm ready to play the Hunchback of Notre Dame 2 card. Is everything that you mentioned, the justice, the um, acceptance, like are all of the little things that you like that Hunchback addressed, are all of those wrapped up going forward? Not talking sequels because I haven't seen I, I haven't seen Lion King like 1.5 or 2 in a really long time. 
Okay. One point five doesn't matter. Okay, cool. I haven't seen I haven't seen the sequels. I haven't seen the sequels. So only talking about these movies because that's the these are the only two movies that are pitted are pitted that are pitted against each other right now against each other. I'm gonna say that again. These are the only two movies that are pitted against each other right now. So these are the only two that I'm talking about. I'm trying to remember your fucking question because I started stuttering again. Like I'm mad at myself. Is it wrapped up at the end? Um. I think so because Esmeralda, Esmeralda, um, in the beginning, called Frollo out, saying, "You treat this poor, this poor creature, but this poor man, um, as you treat my people." And then he said, "Creature." She said, "Creature." She said, "I know." Yeah, I know. But I how I said, dare she? I said, but she said it. Yeah, I said "man" because that's what she really meant to say, and we all know it. But uh, she goes against Frollo, saying. You know, how dare you like treat this poor creature like you treat like you treat my people? And then in the end, all of the gypsies are out of jail, and everybody's wrapping up Quasimodo in love and stuff. So yes, acceptance. And the guards will work on the guards later because they've been under Frollo's rule for a really long time, so they're gonna need some fucking work. I'm I'm still shook. I'm here to I'm here I'm, to argue. I'm still shook. I'm here to set the Wait. internet on fire. I have one more thing for imagery. Frollo Frollo <laughs> okay. with red eyes and horn-like hair before he falls into the fire. Yeah, Let's right. talk about that for a minute. Oh, shit. <laughs> that was the minute. It happened, and it was... And it made sense. And then he burned up. And then he died. The end. <laughs> I, I do like that he said after uh, Hellfire, he said that uh, he, he basically had a hangover. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had some, yep. I had, he had some trouble with the fireplace. Yep. <laughs> Bruh. But uh, something from Lion King that uh, I saw is that uh, Simba, when he was dangling on the on the rock, the fire underneath him was going the same direction as uh, the wildebeest were going under Scar uh, under Mufasa before he fell. And oh, the, yeah, there's just a lo- it was going left to right, and there's a lot of the thing. The Lion King is just more of a cyclical movie. With, with the imagery and, uh, you know, Mufasa setting up the circle of life, Simba falling out of the circle of life, and then him coming back into it, it's, it's, it makes an M. And then, like, what's your, what's your iconic moment for both of these movies? Who? uh... Justice and Sanctuary. Sanctuary is one, um, and Hellfire, and then... For Lion King, the wildebeest scene, and Hakuna Matata. Yeah, I'll go with that. I think the iconic scene, is, I'll say, is the sunrise at the beginning. Because uh-huh. if you saw just that a, a drawing of that sunrise... You would know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The end of the first circle of life when they're fading out of um, Pride Rock. Uh-huh. That's an, that's an iconic Disney scene. And then for Hunchback... I would think Quasimodo swinging from that rafter during uh-huh. Out There. They called that a, what is that called? They call it a singing in the rain. It's a hybrid <laughs> singing in the rain and King Kong homage. Uh-huh. That and also the at the end when the fire is coming through the gargoyles, like the molten whatever is coming out of the gargoyles' mm-hmm. mouths at the end. And the city's on fire below Notre Dame. Like, yes. that, to me, yes. is... That's a very chaotic scene. Mm-hmm. 
Uh-huh. Like just that image. It's very chaotic. Yeah. And then Ooh. Esmeralda uh, swinging, kind of pole dancing-ish on that spear at the end of her uh, her dance sequence. Oh, for the uh-huh. Feast of Fools? Yeah. So I, I do think I'm still going to go with Hunchback for my favorite score. Like the score and overall soundtrack for Lion King is memorable and iconic and moving and beautiful but like hunchback is breathtaking those singers um, can and i get it and i yeah. notice something new every time i listen to it um it's complex it's smart it's um it's powerful i can't pick a favorite between these two because in listening to hunchback now uh, earlier today i can pick out so many similarities I mean, they both have choirs. Um, yeah. I will say, I think that I enjoy the soundtrack for Hunchback better, but I like the songs from Lion King overall more. Lion King has better songs. Just, it does. Aside from Hellfire. Yeah. I mean, Hellfire... I don't Hellfire love... and Be Prepared. I don't know that I can, like... Are you talking about, like, the rapey song? Yes. Okay. The only song that Hel- that Frollo sings? Yeah. Okay. I was just making sure that I was on, that was all, I was on the same page. Because every time she said... Every time Grace was saying Hellfire, I was only, like, picturing the imagery of it. And I was like, wait, there's a song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's the rapey song. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Have, uh, let's, let's not take away the full part of it. On the soundtrack, it's Heaven's Light and Hellfire. Yep. Uh-huh. I like the juxtaposition of those two scenes. It's Quasimodo thinking, I may have found someone who might like me, love me, care for me. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Smash cut to uh, Frollo lusting demonically after the same after image. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, after the same person. It's... Quasimodo's is more innocent and acceptable, and Frollo's is demonic, as Heather would say, creepy. Like it's yeah. it's su- I, I I do appreciate that that juxtaposition, and then I love out there. Out there is probably yeah. like mm, one of my top five favorite Disney songs. And I was looking at a Genius on the beginning of it, like when uh, there's a lot of there's a lot to deconstruct about the song when. Um, at the beginning, when Quasimodo and, and Frollo are going back and forth, it mimics call and response uh-huh. in the same way that um, Latin hymns do. Like uh-huh. in, in Catholic Mass, you, there's the call, mm-hmm. there's the response to what the call was. Uh-huh. In the same way that Quasimodo uh, is echoing Frollo's feelings about him. Mm-hmm. And then the there ingenious. I thought this was cool. The line that um, Frollo says he's ugly, and he says the these are crimes that the world shows little mm-hmm. pity for. Uh-huh. It's not. He doesn't call them flaws. He calls them crimes. Yeah. That even if they weren't, even if he wasn't hated for being ugly, it's still a crime. It's still. Uh, justly wrong mm-hmm. for Quasimodo uh-huh. to look like this. Right. And that's powerful. That's a that's an intense thing mm-hmm. for someone to believe. Woof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, and I didn't realize the, be- the beginning and end of 
Bells of Notre Dame and then the reprise, the main uh-huh. theme is Hellfire. Uh-huh. Like, what does that say? Yep. I'm thinking, I was thinking about the beginning, like, it can't be the same thing at the end. It is. But it is. Yeah. What is that saying about, like, they could have gone out with, you know, my favorite song from Hunchback is a song that was cut someday. Mm-hmm. It The theme is still used throughout the, the movie. Like, they couldn't end with that. They couldn't have wave it no. mathematically. Well, no, because the whole thing is about light and dark in the same in the same circumstances. Mm-hmm. So it totally makes sense that in this one theme, you'll have heaven and hell. Because okay. because it's also it's again for a little like twisting religion to benefit him and and twisting the circumstances that everyone else is experiencing into his sort of evil. Yeah, like they don't even change it. Like it's not even in a brighter key. It's like the same slightly. Key. Isn't there... There's more... At the beginning? I mean, there's more sopranos, I guess. There's more bells. I think there's more... Isn't there more brass when it's his solo? And there's not... And there's not a... There's not a chorus behind him? I can't remember. There's always a chorus behind every song. It's, it's freaking Hunchback. They have chorus and everything. And there's DSRA and everything. Yeah, but Even I'm pretty... Even the freaking Gargoyle yeah. song. But I'm pretty... There's DSRA and Lion King, too. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. There is. But I th- which is insane. But I think there aren't as many vocals when it's his solo because they wanted, I guess, I'm assuming, they wanted to feature him. I guess. So. I'm I'm more specifically talking about the beginning and the end. Oh, beginning because, and the end? Oh, okay. Yeah, the beginning and the end. I think those are basically, the, I think they're basically the same. I'm, I'm about to pull it up. Hell yeah. Okay. So we start off with choral music. That's probably the difference. And the bell's ringing. That's probably the difference, too. I think they just go straight into it at the end. Can you hear this at all? Yeah. Yes. It's so loud. Okay, I'll turn it down. No, it's fine. (laughs) No, Tori's right. That's pretty fucking (laughs) ominous. Except for this last chord. So that's... That one's more transitional. Because you yeah. have to go into the song. This one is, at the end, It's it ends the same way. And then it goes into the conclusion of the movie. Right. It's more final because they hold it for... Well, but even bar eight of that, like, that's different. That's different than Frollo's, I think. Grace, can you go to the end? Well, you don't want to hear Frollo? No, no. I'm not talking about like Frollo's part in it. I'm talking about thematically what the song says, having it be the theme at the beginning and at the end. Okay. Because I mean, Circle of I mean, Life is mean, the same. Maybe way. it's maybe it's just that it's a snapshot into Paris at this one time because like you're coming from above through the clouds. It's probably like finishing it. We're saying that prejudice never ends. Like, it's not something that could be... Oh Everybody's going to hell. One guy dying. <laughs> We're all going to hellfire. Oh, oh okay. No, this definitely sounds more major. Yeah. Yeah. 
That soprano can get it. Is it alright? God, what note is that? Okay, so yes. They Very major. So is that it? Everybody's going to hell, but at least they'll be happier about it now? <laughs> well, no, because they answered no, the question. No, no they're not going to hell. makes a man. Frollo makes a monster. Hunchback makes a man. Hunchback makes a man. <laughs> In case okay. you were wondering, <laughs> if you needed it, <laughs> if you needed it spelled out for you. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, guys. He okay. even has a little Let's puppet of Furlough, okay. like going to the little girl that was like grabbing uh, Quasimodo's face or whatever. He was like, "What well, makes a monster?" And it's, it's fucking Furlough's little puppet thing or whatever. That's super on the nose. Mm-hmm. And then they say bells a lot. Boop, boop, boop. Yeah. <laughs> they are. They are similar, as in like the both. Both hell, uh, Hellfire. Yeah, yeah. Hellfire and the Bells of Notre Dame and open and end this movie in the same way that Circle of Life ends and opens The Lion King. Yeah. There's a difference because yeah. it starts it starts in minor and then goes to major at the end because the good guy won. Because mm-hmm. redemption. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it time? Do you want to vote first or do you want to do Drunk and Disney first? Let's do Drunk and Disney first, because I'm so shook. Okay. Um, so we've already done Hunchback, so we're going to do one for The Lion King. Um, three rules. Drink anytime a song starts. Of course. Drink anytime... Scar's a sassy bitch. I was... Yeah, do you want to do, like, Scar's a sassy bitch, or, like, Timon and Pooh make you laugh? What do you... What are, what are the options for the third one? Because it might be both of those. Um, you got to be drinking a lot. I know. Anytime that anyone says Simba. Oh, shit. It's not as bad as Nemo. No, it's not as bad. No. Anytime anyone says Lion. Even in the puns with Lion around. Anyway. <laughs> um. <laughs> Either Lion or Scar. Because I don't think they call Scar he, him, whatever. They're just like, Scar! Every time. I feel like that's not used that often. Scar's not actually in the movie that often. Yeah, that's true. Nah. It's more of, it's more in the beginning. So you'll just get totally shwasted. And then when Timon and Pumbaa make you laugh. And then at the end, mm-hmm. you get dead. <laughs> but then Timon and Pumbaa aren't in the movie that much. Well, no, I'm saying it's sandwiched. They it sandwiches a chunk. It. Cause, it sandwiches. Yeah, because they say Scar a lot in the beginning and they say Scar a lot in the end. And then Timon and Pumbaa are in the middle. I'm trying to logic my way through drunk stuff, so if y'all have <laughs> drunk stuff, this is super serious. Yes, super okay. Uh, rule number one: drink every time a song begins. Rule number two: drink every time a sidekick makes a pun. Oof. That includes Zazu. Mm-hmm. Finish your drink. Rule number three: finish your drink when a lion dies. Yeah, and then pour one out for him too. <laughs> either lion yeah either lion dying all right um a couple of things i have from the commentary uh on our last episode when we talked about aladdin we mentioned my new favorite hero uh kathy Zelensky, who am- animated the uh, final battle scene in aladdin and then went into labor <laughs> She was the lead animator who modeled Fro- Frollo, and she also drew the entire Hellfire scene. Mm, she can yes. get it. Yeah. Her and, and the uh, new favorite animator. I can get it. On the commentary, they uh, 
on the commentary they talked about animating the lens flare uh-huh. during uh during out there mm-hmm. and i was like wait a minute are you talking about the lens flare that jj abrams does <laughs> <laughs> um tori do you have the top seven that we have established already yeah i can pull it up heather i think you have to go first this time since you actually know yeah i actually know i will i will go first this time <laughs> okay heather I'm going to choose Hunchback because of all the plot points that it touches on. And I finally said that without a fucking stutter. Um, and the soundtrack is gorgeous. Oh my gosh, I was a, I'm was i still obsessed with it. Um, the visuals um, and the fact that a lot of the shit that they bring up uh, we're kind of dealing with today. And the whole what makes a monster, what makes a man thing. The fact that... It's kind of like another thing of like, don't judge a book by its cover. Because pretty people can be to... rude too. Anyway, what? <laughs> <laughs> like me. I'm rude. I'm going to pick Lion King because I disagree completely that it is not overrated just because it doesn't hit upon, you know, 12 different themes. Uh, Only like five. Lion King sticks to <laughs> twelve. Lion King <laughs> sticks to one central theme. Yeah, just like well, every other simple fucking one Disney central theme. Silence from the peanut gal- yeah, gallery. I'll, I'll stop now. I'll I'll stop for realsies. Uh, Lion King focus on one or two central themes of uh, life has its way of moving you through everything, whether it's you know misery or joy or sorrow or good shit or bad shit Mm. just because it's simple doesn't mean i mean movies don't have movies like this don't have to tackle everything and i disagree and i don't think that hunchback touched on everything in the same like weight and uh despite the the soundtrack i mean both soundtracks are good both of these movies look good. I think Lion King looks a little bit better. I think the voice acting is better and more iconic. Yeah, Lion King. You're going to make me the bad guy. Um, Heather, I was like almost there. I was almost there today. Uh, I know. I, know, I lost y'all I when I, I lost y'all when I got heated. I apologize. Oh, you got fanatical. I appreciate the heat though. Mm. <clears throat> right. Animated almost, discussions. Almost had a spit, um, almost got a spit take out of it. Dang it! it. I'm right. so close. Um, I can still argue if you want. I can. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Lion King. Um, I'm gonna go with Lion King because I think it's the better story arc, and it's more iconic. Um, hey, stop it! I'm sorry. Um, Hang on. Guys. I am going to what. Me and Heather can still, Heather, we can keep recording and still argue after this and just publish it as like a Patreon exclusive. Yeah, after, Um, hot takes after. We can just argue illogically. Go ahead, Grace. um, I think, so yeah, I'm choosing Lion King, uh, but I think Hunchback of Notre Dame needs a special prize for probably the best soundtrack of all Disney movies. Um, and also the creepiest fucking villain. Holy shit, yes. There was another one that was really yeah. creepy that was recent. Who was it? 
There was another one where we were all like, ooh, he's super cringe. I can't remember who it was. Uh, I mean, I know we felt that way about the guy in Beauty and the Beast, right? Yeah. Uh, Who's played by the same guy. No, I was going to say that you guys, in the realism comparison, like how Frollo is realistic to now, I was you gonna, guys yeah. could equate him to Gaston. I was going to bring that up. I was about to be like, he's like a darker version of Gaston, by the way. <laughs> oh, see, had... Gaston's? No, I mean, like, I had kind of... Uh, he's a menacing version of Gaston. Yeah, that that's what I mean. Because yeah. Gaston is just kind of, like, dumb. <laughs> Arguably, you could say that Gaston is a paragon of privilege and toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hey, I'm the pretty one. I'm the prettiest guy in town. You're the prettiest girl in town. We should be together. That's literally his mentality. (laughs) He says that. (laughs) Anyway. Um, Yeah. That's it. All right. What's our bracket lineup? Sad. It's sad. Everything's sad now. With the end of... (laughs) With that, our eight movies that we have left are The Lion King vs. Beauty and the Beast, WALL-E vs. Inside Out, Wreck-It Ralph vs. The Incredibles, and Mulan vs. Finding Nemo. Wow. Wreck-It Ralph vs. The Incredibles sounds very familiar. How did we end up... With all of the Pixar's versus Pixar's, and all of the Disney's versus Disney's. Well, it's half and half. We have one Disney versus Disney, one Pixar versus Pixar, and then two Disney versus Pixar. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. That's a pretty solid top eight. Yeah. Honestly, if I had my way, I'll say I would rather Wreck-It Ralph be out and Hunchback be in. Go for a round Cause two. Because I, <laughs> I think I think Hunchback might be a stronger movie than Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, man, those, I feel those, that. I feel those, that too. Those damn gargoyles, man! They take me right out. Man, that's interesting. Like we definitely jumped around a bit on our bracket. We did, we did. So, okay. Yeah, that's it. That's the that's the quarterfinals. Uh, okay. We already did Drunken Disney, so I guess it's time for plugs. I'm missing one. Hang on. Okay. Lion King, Wally, Beauty and the Beast, Incredibles, Finding Nemo, Inside Out, Mulan, Wreck It Ralph? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. We will get to these. I, I don't know what we're going to do when we're going to get them. We might wait till the beginning of next year to start on these. We might drop we should, a. It's holiday uh, season. <laughs> Yeah, it'll give us a minute to digest all of these because this is going to be... This, you think this episode was tough. This is going to be worse. Yeah. Um, but I think we're not. We're going to wait until 2019 to wrap all this up. And then we'll go from there because there's a lot of movies coming out in 2019 and we probably will talk about them. Random question before we wrap up. Where do you guys land on the... Like, Twitter was all a buzz because people are like, don't call the the new Lion King live action because none of these animals are real. Huh. I, I'm, I'm at... I'm calling it live action to specifically distinguish between... The animation. The, the animation one. The animated one. The traditionally animated one. And this one. Yeah, I think that's fine. I don't think it's a big... I don't think it's a big deal. I, 
Don't think it's a big deal. Yeah. I got in a fight with my uh, co-worker. I almost got in a fight with my co-worker because she was like, yeah, those are real animals at the beginning of that trailer. And I'm like, okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, sweetie. I'm going to... I'm gonna let you have this one, but you're uh, you're taking the you're L in my heart. <laughs> you're gonna take this L, and now it's on. Now it's recorded, so you're taking the L, girl. Mm. Uh, so, with that being said, flags. You can find us on all social medias. You can't find us on all social medias because I don't have an Instagram. Have you gonna start us an Instagram? No, it would just be pictures of us on Skype, and then Skype blurring people out. <laughs> Or, or Skype freezes. Pictures. Oh my gosh! But Skype freezes podcast. for faces and their facial expressions. <laughs> Bitch, that'd be so funny. I love it. If only we thought of that sooner. Uh, <laughs> you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com/disneyverses, and on Twitter oh, at DisneyVS. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a five star review. Uh, let us know what you think of the show. Also, give us a five star review on Facebook on facebook let us know what you think of the show drop us a comment or whatever uh and you can also follow us on google play music i say that but i'm having trouble finding us on google play music (laughs) so i'm just gonna not break stride and make the plug you can follow us on google play music where you can give us uh 2.14 hellfires okay out of one (laughs) double plus hellfire i'm gonna plug a uh, another podcast right now a friend of mine from high school and her sister and their close friend started a another disney podcast called faith trust and pixie dust it's not i won't say it's similar to ours only in that they do talk about disney movies but they talk about um there's a little bit more wide ranging than ours. They talk about Marvel stuff. They no, they're talking uh, about like Disney umbrella. Yeah, they talk about Disney umbrella stuff. They have uh, they did a whole thing during October about the scary movies. Or sorry, about the Halloween themed movies. Uh, it's a really good show. They're a little bit more extreme than us. Like they get into it. They they get <laughs> very they get shouty, and I like it. I almost. <laughs> And I found myself arguing with uh, them on a couple of occasions. So, yeah. Uh, check out Faith, Trust, and Pixie Dust on iTunes. Uh, I think they're on Spotify and they're on Twitter as well. Good show. They're one of fast cars. Uh, yeah, fast cars. Yes, cars. But until then, thank you for listening as always, and we will see you guys next episode. Bye. Bye. <laughs>